Welcome to the Better Call Daddy Show, the number one podcast where we admit no matter what happens, daddy has the advice we need to fix our problems. Introducing my dad, Mr. Wayne Friedman. That was good. It would be nice if you could also sing a song. What would the song be? You love Paris in the springtime. I just made up some words to it. I love Rena in the springtime. I love Rena in the fall. (laughs) That's right. That's good enough. (laughs) Oh boy. Let's dive in. Today we have Mariah. She's into cosplay and the world of anime. She's here today to shed some light on her world and all that comes with it. Mariah, welcome. You are a Comic-Con veteran. Tell me about that. My first main con that I've ever been to was the um, library convention here in Louisville, Kentucky. I always went every year because it was just kind of like a little memory of, you know, what kind of started everything for me. But after that, my dad and my mom kind of took interest in the hobby and so my dad is as supportive as possible my nana as supportive as possible and so my dad's like let's go to a con and I'm like all right sounds great thanks dad so you went to your first con with your dad Mm -hmm. and my best friend and my mom actually we went to Tennessee it was called MTAC and so it was Middletown Tennessee anime convention and so at the time it was pretty small Um, And over the years, then it got really, really, really large. I was 12 when I first went, and my dad just let me loose and was like, enjoy. I'm like, thanks. (laughs) Made a lot of friends, a lot of photographers um, I became friends with, and so I'm still friends with, and they do photography for me whenever I go to Tennessee. That is so cool. Tell me about some of the pictures you've taken. At first, I didn't really know that like I wanted to get photos of my costumes. They were so mediocre at first. And so it wasn't quite, you know, on the docket of things I wanted to do. But eventually the costumes started to look better and better. And I'm like, I kind of want the world to see this. Why not? I've met a lot of amazing photographers. Uh, Antonio Flores, who's also in, in Nashville. Um, Benjamin Schlein, to name a few. And then Donald Huston is my main man in Atlanta. Love that man. Very good. I started to really get photos uh, about three years in. And so I have photos that kind of date back about that far. In total, I have about 1,500 really good photos of different costumes. So like I usually get about 15 photos per costume, give or take. And so my husband, or fiance person, has been taking over doing a lot of the photography as of late. He started to get into the hobby last October, and so that was like his birthday gift was to get a camera and try and help me get photos, because photography and uh, photo shoots are unbelievably expensive, (laughs) which not to say that their time and money is not worth it. I'm just a broke poor person who just likes to save money. A lot of my costumes I make out of curtains and sheets and tablecloths because it is way cheaper than buying normal fabric. I can make a, you know, costume that I could sell for like $200 for like 20 and it's great. (laughs) Yeah, tell me how this all began. I would say that this kind of all began when I first went to the library con, but before that I had really been interested in pop culture. I grew up with cartoons and so Avatar the Last Airbender, Justice League Unlimited, Teen Titans were things that I grew up with very strongly that I would watch with my dad. We'd wait for the next episode together and I have a lot of positive memories of that. Around the time that I started to get involved in conventions is when my mother had gotten sick with uh, both breast cancer and cervical cancer and so my parents wound up having to be away a lot and that's that's the way it is. I will never fault that but it left a kid being lonely. I'm an only child. And so 
when my friend had invited me to go out and see something that, you know, involves anime and cartoons, this thing that I like, it was great to see. And then you go in, and even though this is a small little con, it has a different feeling than the rest of the world. It felt like everyone's there for the same reason, and everyone's there feeling the same feeling. They're all excited. They're all happy. You always see someone dressed as Sailor Moon. You always see someone dressed as CL Phantom Hive. You always have Pocky and Ramune, and there's always someone wanting to run up and give you a hug. <laughs> no matter what costume you're dressed in, someone will recognize you, and they'll want you to give them a hug, and that's really, really good community. <laughs> and so when I felt really lonely, I found a community that was unbelievably welcoming. And so I dove right in. So my Nana's sister had taken me under her wing. She was a quilter. And so she knew how to sew, unlike me and my mother and anybody else. So she had shown me how to actually put fabric together and make a costume, although she made my first costume. <laughs> and we actually had a great time with it. And so she had given me one of her sewing machines, lent it to me at the time, but it's still mine and I still have it. And so it's, it's mine. <laughs> that, was, that was more of a decade ago. So I kind of learned from there. And so she showed me how to read a pattern and how to push on the lever to make the machine move. And that's about all I really had at that age. So everything else has been me figuring it out. <laughs> Something crazy about this hobby is you end up learning a lot of different things. And so when I first started, I was a seamstress. I was making costumes with fabric. But as I've grown into my place here, I now know how to bead, weave, crochet, make armor for one, chain mail, feather working, pattern making, the entire everything. Once you're a cosplayer, you learn to make everything. So wig working and all that. What's your favorite? It's always going to have to be sewing. I love to see the fabric pieces come together, but I have grown really passionate with wig working and I've grown really accustomed to beading. I've had to do a lot of beading. <laughs> and some, for some costumes that I haven't even taken photos of yet that have so much beading <laughs> and also a lot of hand stitching, crocheting and uh, needlepoint. And so doing cross stitching and that type of fancy, fancy work. What is the hardest to learn? The wig working and the armor. I would say that I'm still pretty mediocre at making armor. Wig working was really hard. At first, I was lost, unbelievably lost. I know nothing about that community or that world. I can give you a little 411 on that then. <laughs> so when you go to a Comic-Con, when you go to a convention, there's always a group of people that are in costume. There are always a group of people that are observing. And then there's always a group of people that are out of costume admiring those in costume. So you kind of have a few groups of people. And so those that are familiar, those that aren't, and then those that are already there with you doing the same thing and are unbelievably extra familiar, wearing the corsets, wearing the high heels, and obviously just in just as much pain as you are. And so they're your family at that point. There are people that go around some cons that dress as cosplay medics who have, you know, pins, cosplay supplies, glue gun, you know, sewing kit, and go around and help cosplayers. And that's just an example of how that community works is everyone's there for each other. So when you're standing in line for the costume competition, 
and that everyone's just standing there kind of nervous. We all chit chat. You all enjoy what each other has done. So I love your cape. I love your wig. Wow, you guys look so happy and just kind of that type of deal. Something that I personally like to do to get myself more involved in the community is I have little business cards that say your costume looks amazing and you should be really proud of yourself. And so I just pass those out to cosplayers I see on the floor. And it's one of my favorite things that I do, along with my little crew who also loves to do it. We even make it a little game is how many can you pass out because it makes so many people so happy to see. And I get like little shout outs about them like, thank you for this. And I don't do it for that. I do it because they look so happy. I love that idea. I feel like people need that even not at Comic-Con. Exactly. That's something that kind of inspired it is like there's been anonymous little cards that get passed out in New York or Chicago or whatever. They're like, you look nice today or you did an awesome job. Be proud of yourself or whatever. And it kind of inspired me to do something similar for the community that I love and have been a part of for so long. You did mention that you found that community because your mom is going through cancer. Did you meet anyone else who was going through hard times and that's how they found the community? Actually, yes. At MTAC is really where a lot of things began. And MTAC has a sister convention called GMX. And so those were two were the ones that I went to every year during that time. You would meet people that were your age, but you'd also meet people that are older and usually 16 is the pretty average age to go to a convention. So uh, we'd hang out with the, some of the older kids, <laughs> which also makes you feel pretty good. But some of them had mentioned, you know, they had personally even gone through hard times. I had met someone who was currently in chemo. She could wear wigs so easily because she didn't have hair. Some of the people that I've met aren't with us anymore and have been really wonderful. One of the really amazing photographers who I'd been very close with, who, who's gone and they had all gone through hard times, some people in different ways. And so a lot of times people reach out to this community, I think, because they kind of go through hard times. When you dress up, when you look at comic book heroes, you like to put yourself in their shoes, something to make you feel stronger. And so that usually branches from not feeling as strong as not feeling 100%. But a lot of people that I've met, they kind of started costuming. They started being involved in Comic-Con because the community made them feel welcome when they needed it. And that's really important for everybody to feel welcome, to, to not feel ostracized. Tell me about who you've dressed up as. I have done several iterations of a few costumes. And so those are the ones I want to talk about. So I've done a pretty much a two-person cat bus. And so the cat bus from My Neighbor Totoro, which is a Ghibli movie by Hayao Miyazaki. One person rides in the front of the bus. There's straps on your shoulders that hold the upper part of the bus bit. And so there's two people in it. And so you have to kind of sync your walking. You have to do it military style, left, right, left, right, in order to walk inside of the costume, which is kind of crazy. But I've done that costume maybe five, six times. I've redone the head, new fur, new lining, whatever. And I actually won a competition with that uh, last spring, which gave me a free round trip to Japan. That is where me and my partner went and I got engaged, which was a wonderful time and a dream come true because I never thought I'd actually be able to go to Japan. But it was very, very wonderful. Very good country. Other costumes that I've done a bunch. I've done Raven from Teen Titans a lot because as a kid, she was always my favorite. She was always really cool. And same goes for Toph from Avatar, The Last Airbender. 
she is always my favorite. But when it comes to other costumes, I had followed a specific cosplayer since I had started doing costumes. And she had made her costumes out of unusual materials. Her user is Avant Geek. I kind of took inspiration from that. So I started making costumes out of unusual materials as well. One of my favorite costumes that we've worn is the pumpkin people from Over the Garden Wall episode two. It's one of my favorite costumes. So it's made of corn husk, like legitimate corn husk that I bought on eBay from a seller in like Idaho or whatever and sent me a bunch of corn husk and I had to clean them, bleach them, glue them, do a bunch of crazy stuff in order to be able to sew through them. And then I used raffia. And so I braided raffia into thin strips and made them uh, into sleeves. And so they're kind of a weird design. And so you wear a pumpkin head on top of your head and you're wearing these like really rustic kind of clothing that makes you look like a scarecrow really. And so when you move, people get really scared. And so we were in my dad's alley getting photos. It's right behind the house. There's a bunch of trees and stuff. And then people drive by and they all looked really terrified. And honestly, I live for that kind of chaos. I actually got my Nana to wear a costume that took so much, so much convincing. I did it. She dressed as Grandma Tala and I dressed as Moana from Moana. What was your dad's reaction to getting dressed in a costume? So he'd seen me do it for years. And so as a dad, you see your kid walk in wearing something really heavy and like you immediately undress. You're sitting there in your underwear and your dad, dad's just like, here's a towel for you. And he's just like understanding up like to the barest level, but he's never done it. And so when he put on the costume, that wasn't the hard part. It was when he was like, oh God, I want to get out of this. That was the hard part. You look wonderful, but you're so tired inside of it. So I'd say that would be the biggest part is when we got done with the photo shoot. It took so much effort to get that photo shoot while we were in Toronto. It was beautiful. He did it. And he's like, God, I need to go back to the hotel room and I need to rest. And I'm like, me too. Me too. But we still had the costume competition two hours later and we're like, okay, we're all just going to get undressed and lay on the bed for an hour. Maybe eat some food and then get back in. We'll do it. It's fine. It's the way the cookie crumbles though. (laughs) What about your grandma? My grandmother is a force to be reckoned with, much like myself, but she's a different kind of force. She's like, do I have to wear this? And I'm like, you agreed to, Nana. And she's like, like that aggressive sigh. And you know that she's not happy about it, but she's going to do it because she loves you so much. And so then she gets it on and I'm like, you look great. She's like, do I though? I'm just like, well, we'll figure that out then, Nana. And we're just going to go get our photo shoot. She loved the photos and it was a wonderful experience, but she was like, oh, she wants to go to Hawaii again. And she's like, you know, if we, if I go, you can come with me and we can bring those costumes again. And I'm like, so she didn't hate it and she'll wear it again. That bodes well. <laughs> Do you always have costumes with you? Yes. Pretty much when we travel, we travel mainly for conventions. But when we went to Japan, I brought five costumes with me in my own personal suitcase, four costumes. And so we don't travel a lot that's not for costumes. We traveled an hour out today to what was it? Hardy Lake. And got a photo shoot today while I was, the water is so cold out there, but I did it. (laughs) You said the water was cold. Were you in the water in costume? Yes. Yes, I was. Tell me more. 
today I dressed as a Pokemon trainer from my favorite Pokemon, Sun and Moon. I dressed as Lana. She's the best trainer slash trial captain. I love cosplaying her because she's really, really fun. I actually have it sitting next to me. Hold on. Boop -a -doop. It's literally sitting directly next to me. Have you talked to your fiance's parents into doing it yet? Not exactly, no. They have had costumes made for them by me, but I've never really done a group with them just because it's just never really lined up. They usually go to gaming conventions and I am a big um, cartoon comic kind of person, anime. And so we just never really have gone to a lot of cons together as a group. Yeah, tell me more about your love for cartoons. Cartoons are one of my favorite things. And so as a younger, lonely kid, being able to see such strong, brave heroines and seeing such dynamic plots and different things that you can't really get with reality, I really enjoyed. And so shows like Over the Garden Wall are really beautiful artistically, just how it's done and what the meaning is behind it there's deep meaning there's deep growth every character has a redemption every character grows and it's really something beautiful to see that you might not be able to get with reality television my partner has ADHD and so bright colors are awesome and keep you entertained all the time I also am a big fan of Saturday morning cartoons and cereal have you been able to share this love with your mom at all no not really my mom had wound up leaving not long after she had gotten cancer and gotten sick. And then around, at that time, my dad had gotten sick. And so the dynamic changed very suddenly when I turned about 16 is my mom wound up leaving. She had done her own thing. But my dad's adult onset epilepsy is what they claimed it to be. And so out of nowhere, my dad started having seizures. My mom was gone. And I, at 16, 15, became a caretaker to a grown adult. And so at that same time, because of the seizures, my dad lost his job. And things just got very, very difficult. Even still, I got straight A's. I still had a side job. I still made costumes. And I didn't have a lot of time to make a whole lot of friends just because I had to be home a lot more than what I would even say is normal. Things were very, very difficult during that time. And I dove even deeper into costumes because it was the only thing that would relax me. It would only thing that would calm me down watching something I started off with fabric turn into a gown that could make me look beautiful, that could make me look confident. I'd say it was very rewarding and very relaxing and helped center me in a time where I really needed to be grounded because things had just gone so wrong. Being a caretaker for an adult so young leaves scars that I'm still learning about. Nevertheless, I've come out of it with a stride um, that I'm quite proud of, but it still has made things more difficult as an adult adult living on my own with my partner. I see the passion level of your costuming, and I, I think that that's amazing to be able to focus on that and for that to give you confidence and strength and and where you're able to see beauty in yourself I love that have you thought of traveling to LA or working in production I've always kind of tossed the idea in my mind and that would be something that would be really interesting and I think I could really do well at but I don't think I'm quite there 
like I said, I had been a caretaker for a long time. My schooling for college and everything had to be in Louisville. I had to stay with my dad. My family really expected me to live with my dad and be the live-in caretaker. Things took a negative turn when I'm an adult and my dad's also an adult. And so I can't tell him what to do. I can't tell him he needs to lay down right now or because he's going to have a seizure because I can tell. They have seizure dogs that can smell when someone's going to have a seizure. I can do the same thing. That's how deep it got for me is I know the sense, I know the eyes, I know all the triggers. And so there was a lot of clashing as I became an adult. And I'm like, you need to stop doing that right now. Knock it off. And my dad being a grown ass adult is a grown adult and will listen. So I only recently have been able to get the independence from that. And that's not that I have, me and my dad have a bad relationship. We do. We have a good relationship and it's really strong. But at the same time, I had to put away a lot of my life in order to deal with that. And so it's only now that I'm kind of finding my space to breathe and finding my space to figure out where I want to be. I teach art classes right now, how to teaching people how to paint. I love being a teacher and I love doing that. And I'd love to be able to go back to school and do that as well. But schooling's hard and expense are actually I can do schooling. Schooling's not that hard. Schooling's expensive. Money is money is a thing and we gotta concern ourselves with that <laughs> unfortunately but if, if things change I would love to be able to do that because I think that would be a great way to live my life can you tell me what cosplay is like how do you define that so cosplay and costume actually have a kind of different definition cosplay usually pertains to a specific character or something really specific. So that usually means you are cosplaying as Supergirl, you are cosplaying as Batwoman, then you wear a costume of a zombie, you wear a costume of certain, you know, generic whatnots. Even costumes that you can get from a party city or, you know, Halloween store can be considered cosplay it's just how it's done anything that you wear that if it relates to an anime character is considered cosplay what was it like to go to where anime originated it was truly so wonderful as it turns out most people wouldn't know this so in japan almost everyone speaks english and so if you're lost in that country especially being female people will just walk up to you and be like are you lost? Do you Are you trying to get somewhere? And then they'll take your hand and bring you to where you're trying to go. We went to a photo studio while we were there. I brought a bunch of costumes and seeing a photo studio for the first time. And a photo studio is a giant building with rooms that have themes. Everyone shows up professional. And so all the cosplayers there that do that you get put into a giant room with everyone. And so they're all professional. They have their professional kits and all of their wigs on stands. And me being a tourist, I'm like, hi guys. It was kind of goofy, but got, we got really lovely photos while we were there. Oh my God, this has been so much fun. Thank you so, so much so for hopping on with me. Thank you so much for like interviewing me. I hope this was entertaining to anybody that's listening you know <laughs> my instagram is minds of moria cosplays so if anybody's interested in that you should follow me and enjoy my costumes it's a great time <laughs> grandpa what did you think of course she likes comic books and she loves heroes and the truth of the matter is it's a little bit of fantasy land 
But even comic books and fantasy land try to set an example of strength of the superheroes, of where they're kind and they're good and that they're strong and they're uh, confident. And the truth of the matter is, is that she gained a lot of her confidence and abilities out of doing the same thing. Going on conventions, she also had the same type of bonding and got camaraderie and loyalty and friends and where she even hands out cards telling everybody how wonderful their project might be or how wonderful that they look. That same kindness and that same camaraderie became a very important part of her life. And at a very young age, I think she was just 16 years old, she ends up being a caretaker for her father. Wow, what, what a crazy amount of responsibilities and things that she's had to overcome. And, and she's able to have such a good time with this fantasy land, but really it's not fantasy land. It gives her an, a, an opportunity to express herself and to feel comfortable in expressing herself. And shouldn't we all follow that lead? It's find something that we can do and be around people where we can all get along with loyalty and friendship and kindness. That's part of what it's all about. Are you ready to explore wearing a dress? For me to wear a dress? No, I'm out of that. <laughs> the Better Call Daddy Show is now proudly sponsored by Sadie Simper Designs. Listen, I had Sadie make some custom animated gifts for this podcast and they were fantastic. Animated GIFs are a great way to make Instagram stories more interesting, and they can also be used in place of your logo to make your emails more dynamic. Sadie creates custom branding. She doesn't just take a logo based off of nothing. She helps you take time to build your brand's identity, and she creates a brand suite that is truly tailored to you. Have you seen my Megawatts Productions logo? She made that. Visit sadiesimperdesigns.com to see portfolio and brand packages. For 20% off your custom gift or brand suite, email sadiesimperdesigns at gmail.com and use the subject line, call daddy. Now you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and tune in. Add Better Call Daddy Podcast on IG at Rena Friedman Watts on LinkedIn.com. Thanks for listening to the Better Call Daddy Show.